Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by Lines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we are looking at Friday here, eight games to choose from to end this work week with you guys. We are going to be taking a look at the Spurs playing host to the 76ers, who we think are about to go bananas as James Harden and Joel Embiid have been chirping all over social media. We also got another game video up for you and our player props, so make sure to like and subscribe to that page and follow along with us all season long. Also want you to head to thelines.com. You can check out all of our great written content up there and more and use that odds finder tool we have on there. Make sure you're getting the best juice back on all those bets you're trying to make this NBA season. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into this slate tonight and then talk 76ers and Spurs. Yeah, and we were going to look at this Kings-Pacers game, but turns out De'Aaron Fox is sitting out uh, for personal reasons instead of getting that revenge narrative, that all-star snub narrative. So that totals dropped from 242 to 235. You got to like the under a little more without Fox, but hard to take the Kings on the spread without their engine. Uh, their offense has really kind of hit the tank without him with, with Davion Mitchell replacing him. Uh, then we got Hornets in a pick at the Pistons. Blazers plus four at Wizards. No Nurkic, maybe no Jeremy Grant for Portland. The other game we break down, Suns are plus nine at Boston. Total is 221. Orlando is plus five at Minnesota. Toronto minus eight at Houston. Hawks in a pick at Utah with a 242 total. And then the Sixers are minus nine at the Spurs. Um, and the total's actually been bet down from 237 to 233 and a half. Um, And yeah, I mean, over was the take here, first and foremost. It was the Sixers to come out and and drop at least 127, which is what the Spurs have been giving up in their last 10, really in their last 15 games. Uh, In their last 10, they're dead last in defensive rating and their second dead last, uh, is second in paint points allowed, only Detroit allowing more. And we saw what Philly did in back-to-back games against Detroit, just utterly eviscerating that team um, with like 147 in one of those games. James Harden had a triple double in that game. Um, he will be in our player props for sure. Cause as Josh alluded to, he was snubbed from the all-star team and beat snubbed from starting. So both those guys should have plenty of an agenda here to go out and just dominate a really poor defensive team. Uh, maybe the worst in the league. And certainly according to points per game, et cetera, Spurs defense is slightly, slightly better at home. Uh, still really bad, but their 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 offense is also slightly better at home, uh, where they score three more points per game. They're scoring 117 at home. The pace is pretty good. I mean, they're 11th in pace the last 10. Uh, I don't know if without Trey Jones, their offense might sputter a little bit more. Sohan, Devin Vassell also out. I mean, the reason not to hammer this over is your concern that the Spurs are only scoring like 109, 112 in their last 10 or so. They've still gone over in nine of their last 13, though, because, again, they're giving up 127 in that span. Um, so if you just want to take a Sixers team total, if that's, if, you know, that's at like 120 right now, and, and they've been slightly below that on the road as well, but I just think there's there's so much incentive for them to light this team up. Um, I'm really actually more interested in just those individual performances, though. When hmm. We talk about Harden props. We talk about Embiid. Um, I mean, his prop is 33 and a half points, which is ridiculous. But Embiid getting that first bucket and then the, the Sixers winning, almost we almost never talk about first bucket props here, but that's plus 300. Uh, I mean, he's, he's a good bet for that. Embiid, um, 
And, and the Sixers to just lead wire to wire, uh, to just come out and just put the smack down on the Spurs, which is what Josh certainly expects to happen here, uh, is close to even money uh, versus a 10-point spread that you're messing with. I mean, they're totally capable of covering that. The Spurs have only covered uh, twice in their last 10 games, and they've lost nine games in, in that span. So, I mean, it's definitely possible that they that they cover 10 here. Um, but I think, yeah, we're looking for some points here. And if this total is going to be down at 233, I, I lean over for sure. Yeah, it's more, for me, it's a, a moment in time to go ahead and take that uh, that 76ers team over. We talk about I, I'm interested in some wacky stuff with you, like the wire to wire stuff, um, you know, go crazy on, on Embiid and go crazy on Harden, that kind of stuff. I'm like, I'm, I'm here for all of it right now. Um, you, you look you're talking a little bit about what the 76ers are like on offense as of late and, and really on the road, especially right, like with with the way that they're scoring points, 117 or so a game uh, playing with that fifth best rating in the league. That's like 120 rating um, still go slow. But like with that level of efficiency, right, I think we still feel confident about them scoring at that level. Uh, I, I like the the way that the three has been dropping for them as well. And when they need it, uh, James Harden has been super efficient from there even though he's only making about two and a half a game over the course of their last like five on the road, which is kind of what I'm, I'm looking at uh, a bit as of late is what they're doing on the road um, because of the fact that they've been scoring so many points. There have been a few unders at home, but pretty much everything, like you said, over on the road, shooting that in 39% from deep, um, which is definitely what you want from them. And, and looking a little bit more like the team that got to the free throw line last year, but still only about 24 and a half a game. Uh, that's also because Embiid is just shooting a preposterous like 57% from the field. At that during that time frame, and a lot of those aren't even in the paint, uh, which is pretty impressive. So that's that's a part of why I think they're getting a few less free throws, you know, to that degree. And also, obviously, it's still a little bit of an anomaly that their rebounding isn't a bit better uh, than it has been, uh, you know, especially when Embiid is playing that many minutes. Um, but still, all the way down to like twenty, like in terms of offensive rebounds, all the way down to like twenty fifth, uh, and in terms of defensive rebounding, all the way down to about twenty second. So it's it's not like they're dominating around there. They're pretty much just making shots right now, man. Their true shooting percentage gone up. Effective field goal percentage has gone up. Um, and, and, you know, the, the guys that are getting minutes for them are, you know, a few more shooters. They definitely have inserted George Niang in there a bunch more, which I really like, so that they have that extra shooter, a guy who's been completely underrated this year and has gotten roughly seven more minutes a game in their last five uh, than he was in the previous games, but really with no injury in there, too. So just the the extra shooting, the extra scoring for them, I uh, I am scared of uh, of the Spurs coming coming along for the ride. That's why I'm just like I'm fine with double digits in this one for the Spurs. I think it's a complete beatdown. I think they're completely pissed. Joel Troel Embiid was tweeting, "You y'all got some explaining to do, NBA." Uh, and then this morning we got hit with the James Harden social media, uh, the disrespect uh, that he's feeling. So I think both of those guys, maybe you, you, like you said for Harden, love throwing some assists in there. I think he loves uh, you know throwing out a ton of dimes in those situations where he's like, "I can control this game however I want to." I used to be you know one of the best scorers in the league and in the history of the game. I'm now one of the best assist guys in the history of the game, at least in the last couple of seasons. Um, and, and I think that's what you can expect from them as well. So their team total, what's that at? Like a pretty much a preposterous, like two, one twenty, two and a half. Um, fine. Yeah, great. Like, I think they're going to score 135 points tonight, which is also why I'm not really scared of the over because I think they do score. They pretty much get to that total themselves. If the Spurs can score 108, I think we go over in this game. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, certainly if they go over 130, you're good. It is interesting, the last two overs um, when these teams have met. In San Antonio, they've gone over. In, in Philly, they've gone under. It's kind of a reverse trend this year for the Sixers in terms of their scoring even more at home. 
Uh, but and and on the road, they're ten and three to the over as road favorites. Mm. And they had really been just over machines before those back to backs against Orlando. But that's just like such a different matchup, right? I mean, yeah. they just like they the big lineups down there, pretty good in the paint. Spurs, again, yeah, they're dead last in paint points on the season and giving up fifty eight and a half in this recent span. Also twenty ninth in assists per game, why we like Harden so much. The one thing they do is limit free throws, but uh, Philly's won seven straight road games and they've they've gotten a much more balanced scoring like you're talking about yeah. with that effective field goal percentage much lower percentage of, of points off free throws not depending on that as much so yeah. I don't worry about that too much and then both these teams have good bench units now with Maxi yeah. with Niang off the bench Philly is 11th in bench points in the last 10 and the Spurs are actually second uh, just you know balanced not not a high depth of talent but enough balance for them to keep scoring, you know, keep this system, the the the, the wheels turning in the system. And that's why they continue to go over at a pretty consistent clip, uh, even though they've struggled lately in, in the first three of this homestand. Um, so, I yeah, I don't know how you read into, too, that the Sixers, this is like a fun one for them. And then I think they have four straight against Knicks, Nets, Celtics. And uh, it's just going to be like total Eastern Conference slugfests after this. So... I do think, yeah, they'll be freewheeling and and loading up those stat lines. Well, I mean, at least those guys don't have to worry about, uh, you know, <laughs> they can take a little bit of rest before they get to the, at least James Harden doesn't have to worry about playing the All-Star game. He'll probably be in the Bahamas. So I, I think they can go all out in that in that in this road trip that they have here. Uh, Houston strip clubs. <laughs> or Houston strip clubs. There are none in Salt Lake City, unfortunately. So yeah, he'll have to go back to Houston. Uh, but <laughs> it's funny because the Magic seem to be the, uh, the, the best team in the league when they're playing the best teams in the East uh, at this point in time. And I, I like you said, I think that's a bit of an anomaly for the way that they held uh, the, the Sixers to 109 uh, and then 105 back to back like that with the way that they play but you know I, I don't think that there's any fear of that in this one we talk about the Spurs playing fast we talk about them playing horribly um we know that they're going to try to implement you know be emblematic of that uh that that Greg Popovich style of play but this isn't uh this isn't the matchup I don't really care much about the numbers I just care about Joel Troel Embiid uh just deciding that he's going to probably dunk Jakob Pertl into the basket tonight uh and you can feel good about both he and James Harden props like you said plus their team total love all three of those bets the most in this one the Suns are plus nine and a half at Boston here 221 total Magic plus five at Minnesota, Toronto minus eight at Houston. Other game we break down, Sixers are minus 10 at the Spurs with a declining total of 233. And then the Hawks are plus one at Utah with the biggest total of the night at 242. So, yeah, I mean, 221 when you're talking about a Celtics team that just got right in a big way is really low. And, And I mean... You asked me if I'm concerned about the Suns slowing it down, if the Suns about the Suns coming along for the ride, as we often say. But I, I don't think it matters. I think the, the Celtics, off, like we're talking about with the Sixers here in, the, in their matchup, they're going to score 120, uh, and, and that's going to do just fine in terms of your over. The last two matchups against the Suns, uh, 125 and 123, hitting 13 threes, nice assist rate, 28 and a half. The pace is really the key here because, yeah, you're like, isn't Chris Paul going to want this game to be at a 95 pace? Well, he can't can't necessarily dictate what the Celtics are going to do at home. Uh, and they played at a 100-plus pace with a 123 offensive rating um, and, and really shut down the Suns' offense, even with Booker and Paul in there, which I guess is concerning. No DeAndre Eaton for either of those games, which, you know, I think does help Suns' offense a lot more. Uh, they have been 
pretty solid with CP3 back until this kind of weird blowout loss to Atlanta where they gave up 132 and gave up 19 threes to the team that is the worst three-point shooting team in the league. And now they face Boston, uh, you know, which when they're right, it's just like an unstoppable machine, a, a barrage of threes. They hit 26 against Brooklyn, put them to bed in the first quarter, dominated the glass. Uh, they've still gone over in four of their last five at home. Two of those were overtime games. The only under was also an overtime game against the Warriors, but they're scoring now 125 at home again, hitting 16 and a half threes. Um, still aren't getting the assists that they were beginning uh, of the year uh, in, in terms of their just utter dominance at home, but they're still 17 and eight to the over at home and, and go over when they get a little rest advantage. So they, they did get some extra rest there with that Brooklyn win. So uh, I, I just, yeah, I think they have the Suns number here. Mainly they have Chris Paul's number in terms of him. Just, he might be able to orchestrate defensively, but individually what if he gets switched on to Jalen Brown I mean what he's got to start on Malcolm Brogdon these guys are just too too much younger and bigger and and, and physical for him uh and and the Celtics seem to know how to avoid bridges and just attack the weaker defenders on the Suns team and and they have not brought it on the road lately they've gone over in four of their last five roadies again the pace has gone up to 100 uh and they've given up some huge totals lately to to Memphis uh, and, and Denver and, you know, other really good offenses. So I think the Celtics are going to score a bunch here. It's just I, I'm not sure if the Suns are going to come along and cover, but I, I do like the over more than anything. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's a low total, no doubt, right? I, I get that for sure, especially when you're – I think, you know, you look at a, a Celtics game at home and the first thing you see is a total that dropped from 226 to 221.5. So, obviously, uh, there's been plenty of action agreeing with you, Nate, that, that this game – or, I'm sorry, disagreeing with you, Nate, that this is going under. And I, maybe you, you find it at a, at a nice total at 220 uh, – I'm sorry, you're obviously saying this is going over. You find it at a nice total of 221.5 if you want to take it over. Um I just can't find anything to tell me why this will go over. And look, this is a, a slightly adjusted line at this point by four and a half points um, that you can get it all the way down to. You know, so it, it is lower than you would expect, and that that changes things. Not that we're we're much closer to the margin of where I would have uh, started this game. At, you know, at, at two twenty two or so, rather than that that two twenty six. Um, but like I said, you, the first thing that jumps out is a, a Boston game at home and Boston might score 122 like they normally do at home. And then, uh, you know, this total is basically just at that, that the Suns needing to score 100 points. Um, it, it's just everything doesn't lead everything in you know the stats, the, the matchups all kind of lead me to believe there are not going to be a lot of sc- uh, points scored in this game. Um, the NBA has kind of shook what I think to be a lot of points at this in this season. So I don't know how, what you want to do with that. Right. Like uh, a 221 total is unheard of these days. But I think, you know, the key for me and why I would consider, you know, being a little bit tentative with an over uh, of any kind right now when when you're using what the Suns have done since Chris Paul came back, right? In four of their last five games, he's been back for five. You mentioned uh, a number of those have gone over um, with, with some OT in there. But um, you look at who they played in those five games, uh, and that's where I start to go, all right, you know, playing against uh, pace and, and and opponent field goal percentage. Like, that's really what I was looking at in the teams that played against uh, the Suns over the course of this five-game span. 
And it's Atlanta, who's 21st in opponent field goal percentage, 10th in pace. San Antonio, dead last in a field goal percentage, 9th in pace. Shaw, 26th, 7th in pace. Toronto, 27th in opponent field goal percentage. So you need to be able to stop the mid-range. You need to be able to stop the Suns from taking one step inside the, the, the three-point line and scoring. Or Chris Paul finding guys like Mikhail Bridges uh, and Cam Johnson, uh, and even DA, DA, obviously, close to the basket. So, like... If, if that's to tell us anything, um, you know, the way that they've been winning as well, obviously assist percentage and, and Chris Paul being in there, slowing things down and making sure that they get the right guy open each and every possession. But Boston's second in limiting those assists on the season and really over the last five. Third in an O-rebound o- percentage as well as they've been relying on some second chance points. Boston, the, you know, the number one team in terms of uh, denying offensive rebounds this season, grabbing up the, the most defensive rebounds. So, you know, and they've, they've, they've got the second most uh, two-point field goal percentage that they're allowing to their opponent does Boston right now. So they are playing a bit better defense. Um, I, I think what I agree with you is that Phoenix is going to struggle to score a bit more on Boston, but that Boston's going to have their way probably a, a lot more on offense. And it's just going to be a matter of can they get the possessions? Can they get out in the fast break phoenix has been stopping the fast break a ton um and so i think they know i mean they know they have to stop threes and they need to stop fast breaks with these guys and and that's going to be what they have to do so I, look i hate to say it but i think i'm on the on the teaser train nate like i know i usually give you shit for this but i want this game back up to like i want to take an over you know a little bit lower and i just want you know boston to have to win by like four or five points pull this one out at the end uh please don't give me shit the way i do you but you know let me know what you think <laughs> I feel extremely comfortable with the total at 217. Uh, and I do think Boston can roll. I mean, I think sometimes the line is speaking to you when it when it's set at minus nine and a half. It's like, what what does Vegas expect to happen here? They expect Boston to just dominate uh, the way they, they did Brooklyn. Uh, just not like no, no contest. Um, and the Suns, you know, with their current status of mental makeup, you know, are they going to really be able to hang around and make this a close game? Are they going to be able to stick together on the road? Uh, or or is it going to be like the last two matchups between these teams where the Suns were actually at like the height of their powers and Boston just came came in and smacked them? Uh, I mean, maybe not the one this season, but last year on, on yeah. New Year's Eve. But uh, I, I mean, just looking at the, the lines, again, where Boston is favored by like at least seven, and they scored at least 117, basically, in six of those mm. seven last seven games, uh, Orlando being the exception. And we know what Orlando has been uh, a, a thorn in their side in three matchups already this season. So, I, I mean, they, they clearly don't mind this matchup. The one concern is their their defense is, is going to be so good that the, the Suns don't get to 100. But that didn't matter against the Nets. It still went way over. Um, and with Marcus Smart out, uh, you, you do like that the Suns' chances a little bit more to keep pace and for CP3 to keep them on a respectable course offensively because um, he is he is so good in that sense. But, yeah, I mean, you put in here their games are averaging 219 with CP back in the lineup, and so all you're saying is we need a slight above-average performance from the Boston Celtics, which, yeah. you know, the best offense in the league at home. So I, I'll take yep. it. <laughs> Yeah, home favorites as well, like you were saying, 17 and 8, uh, really 18 and 8 to the over, uh, getting over by like eight points a game in those situations where they're hitting over those totals. And like you said, when they're favored like that, it's because they're scoring more than 117 points a game. Uh, if they're going to score 117 tonight, which, I, yeah, like I think I'm really saying my favorite bet, once again, is their team total. Maybe a, a little parlay with that uh, Boston team total and that Philly team total, um, as I think both those teams are going to be just like just dropping points all over the place. Um, 
Um, Phoenix, not necessarily the, the you know, pretty good in terms of, you know, limiting three pointers uh, over the course of their last roughly five since CP's back. Um, but really, you know, it, it, the percentage, they're still allowing a decent percentage. Obviously, you can say maybe they can't control that as much, but they don't seem to be running guys off the line. There's plenty of three point attempts coming against them. Uh, fifth most in their last five games that they're allowing three point attempts. If you're going to give up like 31 attempts up from deep to the, the Celtics, which by the way, they're probably going to be shooting about 40 of them um, and they need to make like 17 of them to win this game. 16. I, I don't think the, the Cavs or excuse me, the Cavs, the Suns have the ability uh, to, to stop that right now. So you're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sports books all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into your first prop, a guy we had already hinted we were talking about here, Mr. James Harden. Yeah, in that Sixers-Spurs game, we are more interested even in the player props and the player performance doubles than the game result. Uh, I mean, I see Embiid double-double and a win up on FanDuel. I don't yet see that for Harden, but I think that that's a fantastic bet. I think he's pretty much a lock for a double-double. He's minus 280 for that. Um, and well, as always, we want the points and assists with him, 32 and a half. Actually, maybe you want the assists more, just 10 and a half assists, where he's averaging 11 and a half his last seven roadies, double digit dimes against every opponent in that span, except the Clippers, who also held him to six points. I mean, we know what they can do defensively. Um, so, and you know, he's averaging 23 points against the other six teams he's faced in that span. But the Spurs, defensively, not so much. Dead last in defensive rating, last 10, allowing the second most paint points. Only Detroit allows more, and I bring that up because Harden's last triple-double came against Detroit. Um, And his triple-double tonight, regardless of the win, plus 550, if you can get the player performance double on that, surely would be some great juice. And look, there are numbers to back up that he could fill up all three here, 24.5 points, 9.5 rebounds. 12 assists in his last five against the Spurs. Uh, Four of those were with Brooklyn, where sometimes he didn't have as much of a usage rate. Um, I mean, certainly he's handling the ball more with the Sixers. He might not be shooting as much because he's feeding Embiid, but this is the all-star stump night narrative. The best one to target, I think, uh, after, you know, he just had, he's been on a tear for the last two months and he does not get the all-star selection. He's going to be out to fill the stat sheet. And I, I think, you know, actually a decent chance at putting up a triple double if he, if he gets that opportunity. I love all of it. Uh, can I interest you in plus 360 for James Harden to record 14 assists by chance tonight? Uh, 12 is plus 145, which I really like. It feels safe to hit plus 145 for him to get 12. Two more, you double those odds better than double the, the juice you're getting there at th- plus 360. They want you to take that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather just have 12 in a win. 
12 and a win works too. I, obviously not quite the same juice when there's a 10 and a half point spread, but um, yeah, either way, I'm going to be using some Harden, some, some Embiid, some uh, 76ers stuff tonight as well. Probably throw those in a few parlays and, and bet them themselves as well. I, I love all that stuff for the 76ers tonight. So uh, a game that, I mean, look, Toronto should beat the, the Rockets, but the Rockets just had a really, really good showing without their two best players, uh, Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. Clearly they're most talented, but those two guys are out tonight again. And that actually was an addition by subtraction for the Rockets um, as they played much tougher. They didn't turn the ball over a hundred times in that game. So, you know, either way, like I do think there's some opportunity for them to hang a bit with the Raptors tonight. Maybe we see a bit more regression back to the mean without scoring the way that they, you know, they put up 109 uh, to beat the Thunder the other night with some pretty good defense. It'll probably take that tonight to, to handle the, the Raptors. That's why we're going under here, Nate, with, with Siakam 25 and a half points you go under that it's it's even money on DK really like that it's also pretty high at the the points rebounds and assist combo is 38 and a half if you go under there you can get that minus 118 on Caesars uh go ahead and make sure you're using that that uh odds finder tool that's how we found all that stuff um Siakam in his last four just 21 a game uh 40 percent from the field 25 from deep so not very good splits for him only five uh, less than six rebounds and three assists in that time frame as well I think that the PRA is a really really good bet there Nate and then uh in the eight games that he's played without OG interestingly 21 a game five and a half boards and five assists yet when he's with OG you can tick all those up very significantly about 26 a game with OG eight and a half boards and six and a half assists I mean look he's just not he doesn't have to guard the other players best you know perimeter slash versatile player the when OG's out there he just has to do a lot less and I think it frees him up a ton um, and then Houston's got you know like we were talking about those really tough power forwards all over the place with Jabari uh, and with uh, Jay Sean Tate uh, allowing the fourth most points per game to power forwards or excuse me fewest points per game uh, to power forwards on the season is Houston fourth fewest rebounds per game I also didn't mention Alperin Sangoon I'm sorry I just want to give Sangoon his shout out as well as a reason they're so good against power forwards fourth fewest rebounds per game to power forwards over their last Last couple weeks and then just 18 uh, per game to you know all of the teams opposing power forwards in the last uh, week of the season or so so those guys Jay Sean Tate got healthy in, in the last couple weeks uh, Jabari Smith getting a, a bit more time and like we said Shangun uh, when he's playing out there has been a complete rock for them so yeah I think Siakam this is a tough game for him and we normally like to, to pick over on Pascal but we got to uh, take on take an under on him tonight definitely the PRA and the points is really great juice yeah, it's it's not really looking good for him. The usage rate has been high, but the efficiency has been utterly terrible in these last four um, without OG. And I guess, you know, maybe that's just because Precious Achua and Scotty Barnes are playing and now your spacing yeah. is is terrible. Um, so, yeah, he's not able to kind of knife into the lane the same way he was when he had some shooting around him. Yeah. And Houston, yeah, totally un, un, underrated in terms of their front court defense and those guys throw Kenyon Martin Jr. in there yes, are going to play more uh, without Jalen and, and the identity is just going to be different without those two gunning guards as we saw yeah. against OKC held SGA in check yeah. um, and so now you get a struggling Siakam yeah I think you bundle the PRA together because he's also not rebounding because Precious yeah. is out there gobbling up yeah. the boards more and Boucher uh, even got like 20 minutes 25 minutes last game so yeah it's, right. it's crowded down there yeah yeah it's going to be a, a, a bit of a slobber knocker as you say <laughs> Washington hosting Portland and Bradley Beal still very low props. Um, I mean, he's just kind of punching the clock, I guess. Maybe he was on a bit of a minutes limit uh, in his last four, you know, working his way back from injury, to be fair. But only hovering around 30 minutes per game. His last two, he started to show a little more signs in terms of playing 31 and a half, scoring about 19 points, five and a half rebounds, six and a half assists. But I think tonight 
at 21 and a half points, it, it's safe on the over because of what you might call the Dame factor. The, I mean, when you play Portland, Damian Lillard's prop is 35 and a half, and he's been on fire. And when he starts lighting up your backcourt and, you know, him and Simons can't defend anybody on the other end, you get into these nice, you know, shootout, superstar shootouts. And, and when Beal was playing like a more of a, su- a superstar in like 2021, 20, he averaged 34 points on 37% usage in those matchups with Dame. Also hit four threes at 41%. And because of his production being lower, one and a half threes at even money at FanDuel. I think he hits two threes here tonight. Uh, and just that Dame factor, you look at recent lines from opposing guards. I mean, Ja had 32, DeJounte had 48 and seven with Trey out. Uh, go back to that Lakers game. Freaking Dennis Schroeder had 24 and eight against this Portland backcourt. So it's just like, it's very vulnerable if Beal does want to kind of like, you know, show what he's got at this point and, and show that he's back from this, from this nagging injury. I don't know if I trust Brad Beal. I should have done a better Mo and like paused for super long. Cause yeah, I don't, I don't know if I trust Brad Beal in this. I looked at this, but I do think this line is fair. Um, and, and Kyle Kuzma is somebody who, I don't know, you know, he, he doesn't care who's playing with him right now. He's uh, trying to punch his ticket to, to California. I think he would just play anywhere on the West Coast if he could. Um, at 23 and a half, I like him as well. I, I, I like some points in this one. Um, and yeah, I think Dame is just going to continue to Dame, man. He's he's going to continue to Dame people. He's, he's making those insane shots right now. And um, like you said, uh, it, it's the opportunity is ripe for, for people to be scoring on them as well, um, the way they have, including uh, DeJounte Murray, who segue to our last pick here, going over 20 27 and a half points and assists for him. You can also get the points at 21 and a half. It's actually better odds to uh, t- tack on the assist there um, to 27 and a half on DraftKings. His last 10 DJM, as we call him, 25, about 26 a game, really. Six boards, six assists. Um, he's been playing about 37 minutes a game with a 26% usage. So I think they're just kind of like at this point, you know, they, they know they need at least one of, if not both, uh, he and Trey on the floor at the same time. His splits have been awesome. 55% from the field and that 45% from deep I really like as well. Obviously, 26 and a half points per game uh, in, on, on roadies uh, during that time frame of over the last 10 or so. Um, so I think you can expect him to, to have some pretty good success on the road where in January uh, they played on the road 11 times of the Hawks, 23 points a game for De- DeJounte on 50-40, basically 90 splits there uh, and 120 essentially offensive uh, rating individually. So they're playing the, the, the Yaz should be very clear. I loved points in this. We talked a little bit about it last night. Didn't really want to touch this one necessarily, but I do love points even at 242 I was ready to hit it at 240 where it opened and probably still feel comfortable about it getting above 242 to be honest um and and you know the last time that uh he played Utah uh with Atlanta earlier in November just that one time obviously but 26 points six boards five assists and that was just with a 25 percent usage rate Nate um and then his last versus Utah with the Spurs obviously that usage was up to about 36 as he was their offense um but 27 points nine boards and four assists there as well so all those kind of assists get you over and, and Utah's allowing the third most points per game to point guards Six most points per game to shooting guards. It used to be a team that we could eye and say, all right, Kelly Olynyk and Larry Markkinen are starting at center and power forward, respectively. Go ahead and take the opposing front court. Now it's Walker Kessler out there, blocker Kessler. I just made that up. Maybe that's something we should call him um, because that man is dominating down low right now uh, in the 27 minutes a game that he's been getting since he started. So I think uh, you, can, you can feel better about a guard having success against this Jazz team rather than any of their big guys. Blocker Kessler, nah, not bad. Um, Thank you. 
But yeah, the point is DeJounte, 26 points in November against this team when he was really just struggling to find his footing with the Hawks. And now, I mean, I thought about taking Hawks here. I I don't know how much to read into that evisceration of the Suns in their last road game. But clearly, I mean, after Trey missed one game, both of them are on the same page. You know, they have their chemistry down. They're both putting up huge numbers. Uh, and DeJounte, we saw what he did with the Spurs last year. He, I mean, he could be a triple-double threat every night if he was just yeah. the man out there. But he's trying to find his footing alongside Trey. This is a matchup with a 242 total where they can both put up their numbers. Yeah, for sure. And if, if he continues to get staggered uh, and, ha- and gets to play against that second unit as well, for the for the Yaz, I think he, he feels pretty good about that as well. With you know no D Beasley playing out there in the backcourt and Jay Clarkson starting a lot more, but also getting some time out there. So just no defense on that perimeter uh, for the Jazz at this point, and you feel good about uh, the, the guards there for the Hawks. So that is all the time we have for you in this one. Looking to stay strong and close out this week on these player props with you guys. Make sure to like and subscribe. We are coming back each and every weekday this season with game videos and player props. So until we see you next, happy betting. Stop.